Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like managing finances with a partner without causing a breakup. We all know about that in my life and how hard that's been for me and also my listeners. You guys hear them talking about it on the mailbags. It is hard to manage finances with a partner. Putting away money for retirement, since I'm not going to be doing this podcast forever. Sorry, I guess I could, but retirement is huge for me. I am deeply focused on it right now and planning for my tax bills so I don't dread April every year. Taxes are a doozy and it's always changing. How do you know what to do? Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You got problems that you ought to be concerned with. Hoo-ah! You don't know how you're supposed to earn it or what to do with it or how to keep it. You're a freak with a dark, shameful secret. But you're not the only one. Get your hidden financial fears with a blast of sun. Hello, and welcome to this week's Bad With Money mailbag episode. I'm Gabby Dunn. This week's Wednesday episode was about the jargon of investing with Kiana Danielle and Anna Sophia Hartvigsen. Our upcoming few episodes will all be about cryptocurrency and NFTs with some extremely exciting guests. I'm super stoked. Uh, One of them I can reveal is Dan Olson from Folding Ideas. We're going to get into the nitty gritty about crypto and NFTs. I know you guys can't wait. (laughs) On today's show, we're going to read replies to the person who thinks I talk too fast and then Discord comments about the cishet nature of the dating advice in our paying to date episode, the absurdity of prioritizing height when looking for a love match, and how that perpetuates gender roles in work and home, if you can believe it, plus paid menstrual leave at your place of work. And I'm also going to read a delightful Apple review, and we're going to hear a voicemail from Stephanie about how I should cover more boring topics. Let's get this out of the way. We're going to read some people's responses to me talking too fast. And it's just a message on Instagram that said, Hi, Gabby. I just listened to your latest mailbag episode. I wrote to you in an email which you read out about disability and finance earlier in the year. Oh, yeah. Hey, thank you for emailing that. In response to the talking too fast thing, I have a slow processing speed due to learning difficulties and I keep up. You do talk a bit fast, but it's nothing I can't cope with. And also Spotify has a tool where I can actually slow the episode down to something like 0.25x speed should I really want to. Keep up the good work and I'll keep listening no matter how fast you talk. (laughs) Thank you so much. That was very sweet. Um, And then one more email about me talking too fast. Erica wrote, Hey Gabby, love, love, love the podcast and I don't think you talk too fast. I may be biased because I listen to all my podcasts sped up by 20%, but I even listen to yours at that speed. Time is money after all, and also my neurodivergence means I lose interest and or focus if things are paced too slowly. 
On that note, maybe that listener and any others finding it harder to keep up with the mailbag episodes could use an app where slowing down the playback speed is an option. I use Player FM, but I'm sure there are others. Fun fact, you can also adjust the playback speed on YouTube. Anyway, hope that helps some folks. Erica. Thank you so much, Erica. I will say there was one more Discord comment I enjoyed that said, this is the only podcast I don't adjust the speed settings on, though. So that's very funny. I'm glad I'm the right speed for you, Discord commenter. Okay, now I'm going to read our latest Apple review. If you leave a five-star review, I will read it. This is our latest one. If you are our latest one, I'll read yours. So this is five stars from Alexa693, and it says, Could it get any better? Grateful for this podcast. Great work, good information, inspiring. Keep it up. You go, girl. As I don't identify as a girl anymore, I will consider that girl to be the gay girl, as in, you go, girl, or like when someone uses she for a gay guy. She, me, is very flattered, girl. Thanks so much, girl. Okay, so now I'm going to read uh, some Discord comments that we received in response to some of our episodes, and then we're going to hear a voicemail from Stephanie. So first is a Discord comment about our episode with Bella Gandhi uh, from Smart Dating Academy. And this person wrote, I'm fascinated slash intrigued by the idea of Smart Dating Academy, but the website is extremely cishet. I wouldn't say it would stop me from using their services if I had the time, money, or energy, but mental flags pop up when I find out GHQ means good husband qualities and notice that all 20 of their current inspirational stories are about straight people. Yes, this bumped for me as well. Uh, My partner, Mel, who is also trans, did say that good husband qualities, some people have husbands. Look, you guys, we are all gay here. And I say that with almost 100% certainty. But some people are straight and some people are gay and have husbands. I, I know it's mind blowing. Do I want them to flaunt that in public? Absolutely not. I support them. But I say keep it in the bedroom. (laughs) Yes. I'm joking, but am I joking or am I just the best ally to cishet people that has ever existed in podcasting um, in the history of time and space? You decide. Speaking of, this person on Discord said, one time when I was a sophomore in high school, we were doing Punnett squares or something, and I mentioned that my mom is several inches taller than my dad. And this kid at my table was like, really? So does your mom work and your dad stays home? Man went so far into gender roles that he came out the other side. Yes, so this is because Bella mentioned height being the number one thing that people say that they are looking for when it comes to a man. Height. Uh, And we had a lot of thoughts about that here on the Discord. I think that this does translate into work and home. I think that it translates into pay. I think it translates into more than just dating. Um, You can see right from this person in high school, their, their friend in high school or someone they knew in high school, Believing that their mom being taller than their dad has something to say about her work life. I mean, it's that deep. It goes like so deep into society. So this is another person's comment about the height, the height of it all. Height? Okay. In addition to this being a very dumb metric to consider, I feel like also people are not thinking this through. One of my best friends is very tall and it is genuinely inconvenient for them. There are so many situations that just lead to them being uncomfortable. P.S. Gabby speaking, I also dated someone who was six foot seven, and it was very difficult for him to drive a car or go to a restaurant or fly on an airplane. Just an FYI. 
Okay, back to this person. Granted, this is very biased since it also contributes to their trans femme dysphoria. I also have another friend uh, who is trans feminine who is very tall who has this problem too. And a lot of cis women have this problem when they uh, feel that they are too tall. Ah, this person mentioned that. I've heard plenty of complaints from tall cis people too. Especially tall cis women. Especially. They are judged so heavily in the dating world for being tall. Not to say tall people can't be great, just seems very dumb to consider tall a requirement if you just stop and think objectively for five goddamn minutes. Ugh. Yes, I'm sure a lot of tall people can agree that it is a bit of a hassle. Okay, this person wrote, Cishet lady here, just chiming in that once I started dating a guy who was basically exactly my height. I am average height. I remember literally thinking, is he too short for me? Reader, I married him. And now we just keep step stools in strategic parts of the house as needed. I just really enjoyed, reader, I married him. So yes, I think this translates to a lot of biases that I think follow tall people into the workplace and follow short people into the workplace. If you have a story where your height affected um, hiring or promotion, write that in because I'm very interested in that. So now we're going to read an email from Stephanie and then that's going to lead into a voicemail. This is an email from Stephanie that says, Dear Bad With Money, I recorded a voice memo attached requesting the show cover some boring topics like tax advantage savings accounts that have massive money benefits but are seldom discussed on the show. Additionally, it would be great if Gabby and her guests who invest in individual stocks were challenged. Are you beating the market, doing worse than if you had just invested in an index fund? How much of your time did you spend on this activity? And would your life and net worth be better if you simply automated investments into an index fund? There is a massive finance literature, which I studied in school, demonstrating that picking individual stocks is a fool's game. And I think it would be great if listeners to the show got some exposure to these important wealth building ideas. Stephanie in Brooklyn. Yes, I do both. I just want to say, I know I talk a lot about my individual stocks. I actually have an automated fund as well that goes into ETFs and index funds. Um, So I do do both. We did an episode with Kevin Matthews about funds. Um, But yes, I could stand to talk about that more. I think I also get caught up in the fun and games and excitement of picking individual stocks. So now let's hear more from Stephanie about this because they did leave a voicemail too. Hi, this is Stephanie calling from Brooklyn. Um, I think that Bad With Money should talk about tax-advantaged investing accounts, at least for listeners in the U.S. Your show has talked about investing in regular brokerage accounts quite a bit, but has not really explored the massive financial benefits available to all Americans by taking advantage of accounts like Roth IRAs, or if your employer offers one, a 401k at your job, or how HSA accounts are really the best retirement savings plan ever in disguise. Um, These kinds of tax advantages can offer benefits on the order of like 30% of what you invest. These are huge dollar amounts that it's it's a shame that so many people leave them on the table. Uh, So I think that a lot of your listeners would really benefit by hearing about this. I also would like to have the show explore the topic of index investing versus active investing like stock picking. There is a vast financial literature accumulated over decades of research and experience showing that individual stock picking 
fails investors time and time again. These are really kind of boring topics, like stock picking is really exciting and fun and index investing is really boring and automating your savings is really boring. And But there are huge dollar benefits associated with these things. And I think giving your listeners a little bit of exposure would really help. I'm a huge fan of the show and I I get so disappointed when I hear, you know, I'm not hearing about these things. And instead, I'm hearing about things that like cover call investing, which is really not suitable for most people um, or maybe anyone. Um, Anyway, I love the show. Uh, Just a thought. Hope maybe some of this will, will be under consideration. Bye. It is definitely under consideration, Stephanie. Thank you so much for writing in. I, too, get really, um taken over by the excitement of individual stock picking and of covered calls. I think it has the same sort of dopamine response, and we've talked about this a little bit, as gambling. Um, And so I don't often talk about the other side of my investing. You're right. You're right to call me out on that. I don't often talk about the other side of my investing, which is automated, which is ETFs, which is an IRA, which... I did start an HSA, but then my accountant told me that it wasn't a good idea for me because I have good health insurance um, through the Writers Guild. I don't know if you guys know, I'm a screenwriter. And so because I have good health insurance through the Writers Guild, my accountant advised me not to have an HSA. So I ended up closing the HSA. Uh, So that was surprising to me, actually. And I am going with his advice. But I am not 100% sure because it is an account that isn't taxed until you take it out, which to me seems good. But there are other accounts for me where my stuff is tax advantaged. And I just don't talk about them enough. You're right, because I want to talk about what's exciting. This is good advice, Stephanie. And thank you for saying something. And uh, I will try not to get so caught up. And I will start talking more about the things that might seem a little boring. I do tend to recommend FSAs and HSAs. And like a lot of people recommend them. You know, I've seen it from Fiscal Femme. I've seen it from Tori Dunlap. People have recommended them widely on Instagram and on the internet. And both of those people talk a lot about tax advantaged accounts. I just, I don't know, I opened one and then my accountant uh, told me that it wasn't necessarily right for me. Um, That being said, my IRA is invested in entirely ETFs and mutual funds uh, and that is automated. And, you know, I try to max it out every year. And again, you're right, it sounds boring. (laughs) Um, But thank you for writing in and, and maybe we'll have another investing episode to talk more about these quote unquote boring topics. In the second half of the show, I'm going to read an email about Bella Gandhi's interview and some critiques on what she had to say in our Paying to Date episode, another about neurodivergence, and a riveting story about medical tourism from a listener's real-life experience. Okay, so this is an email from Emma, and it says... Hi, Gabby. I'm a big fan of Bad With Money and Just Between Us, so I was super excited to hear Allison talking about paying for dating services on BWM. Yes, this is our dating episode. Allison Raskin, my co-host on JBU, was our guest on that episode. Back to Emma. The episode was really interesting overall, and I thought that Bella Gandhi made some great points, but there were a few things about her framing that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. 
For one, she said multiple times that choosing a romantic life partner was the most important decision that someone can make in their life. And I want to acknowledge that that's not true for everyone. Some people prioritize friendships, other family members, careers, or various other things over romance. And not everyone wants to end up partnered. Yes, uh, this is Gabby stepping in. 100% agree. I do think that it was important for me to allow someone who does feel that way to speak because I don't feel that way. Uh, So to me, it felt like a minority opinion, even though maybe it wasn't one. Uh, But I was like, you know, let her let her say her piece to the people that uh, relate to her. Some people do relate to that. Anyway, I I know what you're saying and I agree. But sometimes I, I like to have people who really believe in in one thing that I might not totally prioritize on the show because I, I wonder if there are other people who feel weird about prioritizing that and I wanted to to allow her to speak for them. Okay, back to the email. She also noted that people tend to be bad judges of what the best pictures are of themselves because we can't look at them objectively. To me, attractiveness is inherently subjective. And while I can understand that we might be more critical of our own photos, I also think there's something to be said for using the pictures of yourself that you like best because that tells people something about you. 100%. What I took from objectively was entirely subjective. Like the pictures that I view as being the best ones of myself are not the ones that my friends would say are the best. And to me, I was thinking of when we were talking about that photos where I don't like my smile. So I'll be like, I won't use this photo of me smiling because I don't like my smile. Whereas like friends will say, no, you look so happy here. Like you should post this one. Um, So sometimes I'm not the best judge where they'll be like, you look too serious. You look too angry. Like in in this picture for a dating app, don't you want to show yourself smiling? And like, you know, I'll be hypercritical of the way my face wrinkles, let's say, while I'm smiling. Where like, I think like other people, friends will be like, see my smile or or like that I look happy. So I don't know. That's what I took from that. But you're right. She could have meant something else. Okay. Finally, I thought it was interesting that she saw women's desire for a tall partner as part of an outdated evolutionary instinct. I think it's also worth thinking about how the media can influence our perception of romantic relationships and what we're taught to look for slash expect in a partner for all people, but in this case, in straight passing relationships. I say all of this from the point of view of someone who has never really been in a romantic relationship. And I recognize that obviously Bella has a lot of expertise and experience that I don't have. I also know that you, as the interviewer, don't necessarily share her opinions. I don't want to come off as critical or to sound judgmental of Bella's company or services like it. Just wanted to raise some good points to consider. Oh, you can write in and be critical. Emma, do not worry about that. But anyway, yes. So back to Emma's email. I imagine that while this method of dating doesn't work for everyone, it has been really beneficial for a lot of the people she's worked with. Thanks again for your wonderful podcasts. Tell Allison I already read her book and recommended it to my college-age students. I'm looking forward to future episodes. Best, Emma. Emma, this is a great example of, like, well-thought-out criticism. Don't don't feel like you were being too much of anything. I think this was a wonderful email, so thank you so much for writing it. Here is an email about medical tourism. We are actually going to do an entire episode about medical tourism, so that's going to come out in the next month or so. Uh, And it was a really, really great episode. So to give you a little taste of what we're going to be talking about, here's an email from So Nerdy who shares their own story about medical tourism. And then in the future, we're going to do a whole episode about it. Hi, Gabby. I hope you don't roll your eyes when you hear from the same person on so many topics. I appreciate you asking for more listener stories lately. Oh, no, I don't. I, I love hearing from the same people. 
Anyway, okay, so so nerdy writes. Regarding travel for healthcare, my input may not be exactly what you solicited, but I think it's still applicable. I have never been a medical tourist or traveled out of the country for a procedure, but until I moved to Orange County, California, I had to travel anywhere from two to eight hours one way for my rheumatology care. I grew up in and moved back to, after college graduation during the recession, a very small rural town on the border of Oregon. Being diagnosed at age 7 with rheumatoid arthritis, a chronic autoimmune condition with loads of debilitating symptoms, not just joint pain and not just for old people, meant traveling to and from various doctors at distances that required overnight stays for treatment. We turned my doctor's appointments into vacations, especially for the appointments in San Francisco. After high school, I was an exchange student in France. To get the care I needed, I was able to see a rheumatologist there, even though I was technically uninsured in France. On my first visit, I was astounded when my total due was only 30 euros. Fast forward to age 26 when I lost my dad's state employer health insurance and everything was a battle. Not only did the plan I acquired through the ACA, I worked as the only employee in a tiny nonprofit so I had no benefits, cost me over $300 a month for the premium alone, out of pocket after federal assistance, they fought me on my long-standing prescriptions and on which doctor I could see. I went through about six rheumatologists over the course of four years because of this. In 2019, California's marketplace decided as a blanket requirement that all care must take place in California. I had the option to appeal given my 20-mile proximity to the border, but it was denied. Suddenly, I had to figure out how to finance on my own a trip to the Bay Area just to see a rheumatologist. Instead, I stopped seeing one altogether until I moved. I was moving in with my partner, so I had high hopes for the metropolitan healthcare possibilities. I haven't been disappointed and feel like a huge weight was taken off me. I now have employer-paid health insurance and hundreds of choices for doctors and facilities. I also know that just because I got through doesn't mean others have the means or opportunity to move for their health. The system is broken, as we all know. I just want to shout out to others struggling to get the care they need that they are seen and not forgotten. Best so nerdy. Yes, travel within the United States. I would count that as medical tourism as well. Um, we don't cover that in our episode. We cover somebody traveling to the Middle East for healthcare, literally life or death healthcare. Uh, she travels to the Middle East. It's an incredible story, which you will hear very soon. We also talk about medical tourism to Mexico um, from someone who leads trips to do so. Uh, but this is a very important story, so nerdy. Thank you so much for writing in. Traveling within the United States is also a heartbreaking situation that people have to go through and pay money for and decide is necessary. So thank you for this email. This, I think, really helps lead us into that episode. But I am very appreciative of you writing in with regards to traveling within the United States and the way that that is normalized and a big part of adding to the pain of people who are already ill. I'm going to leave you with a very interesting comment from Discord. Speaking of illness, um, this person said that they saw an astrology app was hiring recently and it seems great. And they also included unlimited menstrual leave. And then it is the Chani Nicholas app, which you can get to at chanynicholas.com slash careers. And this person said, this is what all companies should offer. Yes, paid menstrual leave, unlimited menstrual leave. Very, very exciting. I think I want to do an episode about it, but look into that. It is literally something I had never considered. Um, and now it just seems so obvious, but I was very excited by that. And it is something that the discord asked me to look into. And so I'm going to do so. 
I would love to hear from you. Be sure to send me an email at gabbyisbadwithmoney at gmail.com or leave me a voicemail at 844-474-4040. You can also email me a voicemail if you prefer, just like Stephanie did. Join our online communities too. We're on Instagram, Discord, TikTok, Patreon, and Facebook. Links to all of these will be listed in the episode description. Don't forget to listen to the show the day it drops so we can get on the charts and spread the word. Please, it really helps if you listen the day it drops. Also, leave a five-star Apple review and I will read it on the show. We need more Apple reviews. Please, 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 please. Okay, love you. Bye. Done. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.